Ah, let's play a game. We are recording, and my mic is working, so now we call Blaine. It's a little early for him, but let's see if he is awake. He had to work last night. Worker that he is. Let's see if he's here. Hello? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, right now, he's just giving birth. Give, oh, oh, congratulations, man. Yeah, it's a brown baby boy. Hope everything came out okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. I would wash my hands, but it's so time-consuming. Oh, yeah. Why? What's the point? I just wipe them off on my pants or whatever. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know exactly when you were going to call. I was just looking at my Zoom. Yeah? I haven't. Yeah, it, it works, but I haven't used one in so long. I was going to give myself, you know, 20, 30 minutes to figure it out, but... If you want to just record our normal ass, I guess you would say way, we can do that and just normal ass way. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. The uh, way we've been doing. I'm just uh, as yeah, man, uh, I am recording as we speak. So. Oh, good. People can hear about me dropping a, a dunk in the. Well, you can edit that out if you want, or it doesn't make. No, I'm leaving that in. Well, we're going to talk yeah. a lot about poop this episode. Oh, man. Well. I guess so. How's it going, man? Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, you know, not to get right into it or anything, our normal MO for Is It Worth It, the second most failed podcast on the internet, is to, you know, uh, James Mahon, Blaine Jay. Yeah, you guys know the spiel. But, um, yeah, we normally just kind of use this time to catch up a little bit before we get into it. So, you know, what's been going on, man? Oh, not much. I uh, This is... I'm entering my like slow time of year. So I got uh, my son's, my boy's soccer is done. My cross country coaching is done. We took the league championship, unbelievably. Uh, we didn't do so hot in the uh, subsectional meets. So it's cool, though. 
And hmm. then my adult softball league that I joined kind of last minute, that's done. So I have a lot of time now. So I'm going to oh, dedicate a lot of that to video games. And there's a particular game that I've just started playing a few days ago, and I am in love with it. So I sent you a copy. It should arrive Friday. I will say this yeah, is a perfect I, one to play with kids. Perfect one to play with kids. Oh, no. So. Um, don't tell me that. Yeah, I, uh, huh. you, you would think, you know, up to and including the game we're going to be talking about that, like, yeah, my wife hasn't been around, you know, um, she's still, in fact, she just left today and, uh, it's, it, it kills me, you know, she, she comes in for just a few days every couple weeks or whatever. And, uh, yeah, she came in this time and gave me a zoom. So, you know, Beautiful. not this episode, but uh, next episode, I'll get that set up and our sound quality will go back to being stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I was going to look at it, but I wanted to spend all my free time that I could with my wife and, uh, I had, so I haven't got that set up or anything. I'm, and, uh, you know, you'd think, uh, with all the extra free time quotations that I've been getting, um, that I would be playing a lot more games yeah. and I really haven't been, um, I don't know. It's been, it's been kind of stressful, you know, not to get into it overly because people probably don't want to hear about just like, you know, everyday problems, but effectively, I don't know if I've talked to you about this yet, James, but, uh, my job changed the way they pay me. Um, so instead of an hour bread now, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. It's (laughs) like, uh, Instead of getting paid an hourly rate, uh, I get paid uh, something called trays by the hour. Um, so I get paid um, what you do a uh, percentage of a penny for each trade that I do, hmm. um, which has worked out to I work a lot less hours and make about the same amount of money. Okay. At least for now. Okay. Um, yeah, like last week I worked. Uh, and it'll sound awesome to people listening, but, the, but last week I worked uh, 20 hours mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you know, 40 standard. Yeah. And it, it came out, if I broke it down into hourly, I was making like 40 something dollars an hour, which is, you know, pretty nice. Um, but, you know, only 20 hours. But yeah, it came out to pretty close to what I would make normally, which is nice. But then you know, that's for right now, you know, we're right before Thanksgiving, our peace count is high. So like when the peace count dips, I'll be making a lot less money. So no, so pretty scary. And then there's some questions regarding my benefits and stuff. I'm still considered a full-time employee, et cetera, et cetera. So like basically I'm working 20 hours a week now, which is awesome. Like I said, you'd think I'd be playing a lot of games or whatever but really i've just been looking for like a secondary job if i can just find something to do in the mornings that uh you know supplement my income a little bit and get ahead of some things that'd be great and then uh you know spending time with the girl because i'm you know single parent now effectively mm-hmm. and so yeah i hadn't been doing a lot i spent a lot of my time uh watching tv <laughs> cleaning the house and, you know, getting, making meals and stuff. I, I did play a couple switch games. Um, I tried to play that Metroid dread. Yeah. Uh, 
it, it, the good is it's um, it's 2D. It's some of the most gorgeous 2D uh, I've seen. Yeah. Beautiful. It, play controls are absolutely stellar. I was really impressed right off the bat with that. I hate that it, it doesn't have the feel of um, Super Metroid, which had that, you know, because there was no real dialogue. It had that minim- minimalistic yeah. feel to it. Um, and everything was stole, told to you through people's actions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm recording a podcast. Sorry, baby. I, I need this charger. Okay. Um, baby girl needs a charger. I'm like, I need my charger. But, uh, yeah, it... It, it uh, had storyline right off the bat, and like spoken dialogue and stuff like that. It just, to me, that's not a Metroid game. I know there are people that probably their first Metroid was like Metroid Prime, where you know that you're basically reading novels everywhere you go, and so on and so forth. But the minimalistic approach, where you're like figuring out the story through not necessarily text, but through you know just gameplay, mm-hmm. is so much better. Um, so I was a little taken aback by that, but I was willing to forgive it because I don't think we'll ever get a Metroid like that again. But, um, they did something immediately that made me turn it off. Um, as people have been listening to this for, you know, a long time, those that have been, will know that, uh, one of my most hated mechanics in gaming is when you're being chased by something that you can't fight back again. Mr. Have you played Dread? I have not played it, but I, I've, I've heard you complain about this. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. It's like, I'm playing a game, I want to be able to play a game. I'm not playing something to feel disempowered. I don't want Man. to play the role of guy that can't fight back. I'm playing the video game to play the role of the guy that can. Mm-hmm. And so when they take that away from you, it... It just does something to me. One, I, I hate being chased by something invincible. It just it makes my heart pump. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, on the planet, and there are these robots that immediately are in, like, every room, and you cannot fight back against them. Mm. And none of your weapons will damage them. And uh, if they hear you, they'll come chasing after you, and they won't stop. They'll chase you across rooms. If you run it away enough rooms they will stop because they have a limited area that they patrol yeah but they're everywhere i'm sitting there playing (laughs) i'd get away from one getting to another there's another one in this damn room and you know i kept getting killed by them because they one shot you you Uh. have a, a a a move you can do when they catch you that the computer describes as a one percent chance to be able to get away you have to time it right and you can hit them to stun them, and then you can slide between their legs and run. But you're still, now you're just running again. It's not like you destroyed that one. And yeah, I'm sure if I keep playing, you know, I played an hour. I'm sure if I keep playing, there's a weapon that can either take them out, or there's a switch that I can turn on to shut them all down or something. But to open a game with that mechanic... I, I was just, you know, if I'd been no. playing for five hours and they went to that, I'd probably be like, all right, I'll try and get yeah, through there. You got some invested, in, in, invested, investment. Investment, yeah. Too, yeah. yeah. 
but uh, there's none of that. It literally, this is the first, you know, you fight wow. 10, 20 enemies, and then they're, they dunk this on you, and I was just like, you know, fuck this. <laughs> I, I just rage quit it. Uh-huh. And maybe I'll go back to it. I mean, I only spent 30 bucks on my copy, and I love Metroid, and I loved everything else, you know, overall about the game. I was really excited to play it. Uh, but that was just a major bummer. Okay. And then I also had bought just on solely off. I did the, the thing that we all did as a kid where when I was a kid, I would, uh, if something said square soft or, mm-hmm. Enix or whatever, I would rent it or buy it with, you know, sight unseen, you know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, this, this, this is going to be good, right? Yeah. Konami is another example, Capcom, whatever. Yeah. So there's this game on the Switch, and I'd seen it sitting at the game store here, you know, every time I go in. It was like 19 bucks for a brand new copy. I'm like, man, maybe I should just get this, you know, and it was by NIS. And NIS puts out, they're kind of the equivalent to me of a modern day square. Like I, I can't think of much that they've put out that I haven't really, really loved. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll get it. And it's called uh, Neo Atlas. And it looked like on the back of the box that it would be kind of like a civilization clone is what it looked like to me. And I was like, oh, this might be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I put about three and a half, four hours into it. It's not a Civ clone. I don't exactly know how to describe it. It's more like a, it's kind of like a cross between a point and click and uh, uncharted waters or something like that. You're setting up trade routes, but Mm -hmm. you can change the course of history. And as you unlock the map, you, you can send out explorers, to new worlds because like your worldview at the very beginning is like centered around the mediterranean sea you know you've got italy there france portugal all that um but not much outside of that i think you see the upper half of africa but uh as you explore instead of uncovering how the world really is it your explorer will come up with these stories saying like we ran into a kraken and had to turn back or whatever, but as they run into land, they'll discover it and come back. The The rest of the world can be any number of configurations, um, which is kind of cool because uh, each game is going to be different. Uh, excuse my daughter if you hear her in the background. She's nuts. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. It, it got to where, like... <laughs> I I was expecting certain uh, things to happen and it, uh, it didn't, you know, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go West and find the Americas. Right. And then my guy would go three inches out from Portugal, hit some stupid Island that doesn't exist and uh hey i found an island turn immediately back and things that were like run into a quake and that seemed to happen like every other you know oh we ran into a quake and it ripped our mast out or whatever it just became really annoying 
and then like a lot of combinations of things because what you can do is you can set up trade routes between two countries to like say you've got a uh, one country makes lead and another con- country makes i don't know gunpowder uh you think oh well i'll trade between them and they they're supposed to be able to immediately learn if it's compatible a new thing in this case you would think bullets but that didn't happen when i did that so i was like all right well i didn't invent bullets but then there are more obvious ones like i don't know uh i found some pearls in somewhere in the mediterranean and i mixed them with some country that was making uh silver rings and now i can make pearl rings you know and then that becomes a trade item and so on and so forth as you go um it is interesting i guess is the best word but it felt more like an ios game than something that you would play on the switch if that makes sense mm-hmm. got bored pretty quick with it and outside of that man you know i i haven't even played enough of and and it's a crime because i was really enjoying it the game we're going to be talking about the game today which is uh live a live or live alive mm-hmm. um i did play through several scenarios i wanted to beat the game but every time i would look over at it it wasn't that i was bored of it it's just like i don't know if i want to invest that time i might have something else i need to do my daughter is crazy um <laughs> need, i need to be you know spending more time with her doing this doing that and the other uh, you know all the housework falls on me now so it's, it's just it's a different life i'm living this month you know uh trying to get used to this a little more this being what the second month that uh, my wife has been away or maybe it's the third it's hard to say mm-hmm. but yeah um and it's a game i want to get back to because Man, I don't know about you. Um, I, you know, everyone always said growing up, you know, I would read forums and everyone always said that the two games that we, well, three, that we really missed out on here is, you know, uh, that were like equal to your Final Fantasy VI of the era was Live Alive, Terranigma, and Bahamut Lagoon. Yeah. And I've played Terranigma and it's I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to dog Terranigma too much. Like maybe I was overhyped for it, but it just seems like a slightly better illusion of guy to me. And I'm, I'm not the hugest illusion of guy fan. My wife, if you want to hear someone talk sugar about that game, she joined us for that episode, what, seven years ago now. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, I know we're old, but, uh, no, we're not. But yeah, it's it's fine. Like I like that style of gameplay and so on and so forth. And that's probably one of the better ones. It, it's not without some major problems. But and so like I wasn't expecting a whole lot from Live Alive. And maybe it's because this is like a remastering of it. Mm-hmm. But man, I was just like, this feels like if I had had this game in you know the late nineties. Uh, it, it would be all I would have been talking about. You know, because it does to me in in many ways rival your final fantasy six or you know two or whatever of that nature um if you want to uh jump in and tell people exactly how the gameplay kind of goes you know and so on and so forth that'd be great well it's like it kind of depends a little bit on 
uh, what scenario you play a little, and I played. I got through four, and then I don't know. I just I I was I, I want I need to finish the last three, and I just like the last couple of weeks have been a little nutty. So I'm going to finish. I would like to. I would love it if we could revisit this game just on like half a podcast later. Kind of get yeah. set up here, and then we'll do a conclusion later. Because, um, like you said, it's it's it was it's a hidden gem that we didn't get a chance to access, and which is a travesty. I do. I I've been meaning to, and I'm kind of doing it now as we're speaking. But I need to look and see what it looked like, like pre, you know, originally, because it's yeah. beautiful now. But there's no way that could have fit on the SNES hardware um, back in the day. I started out with uh, the near future where you're a guy named Akira that has like this psychic ability where you can like read people's thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Out of the four I've played, I think that was the best one. I was kind of mad. I started with the best one. Uh, It's, it's the most, did you play that one by chance? Yeah. Yeah. I played, actually that's the one that I am on currently. I got about, uh, probably three fourths of the way through that or whatever. Mm-hmm. I really liked that one. I really, really liked the uh, ancient China one. And what we're talking about, listeners, is um, when you start the game, there's seven scenarios that you can choose amongst, and they're all centered around a character that are throughout history. Yeah. So you play a. Typically, they last about what two hours. Give or um, take, some a little longer, some a little. Sh- I like the one you're on's a little longer. And, yeah, uh, some of them can be ridiculously long. The, uh, like the prehistoric one is notorious apparently because one, it's supposedly the uh, like I was going to save it for toward the end mm-hmm. um, because it's notoriously not as good as the other ones um, story wise apparently. And two, that one has two hidden bosses that you have to, if you want to beat them, you have to grind your ass off. Uh, um, so there's, I think three hidden bosses in the game. One of them appears in, um, like, uh, old timey Japan. And one of them appears in prehistoria or two okay. of them appear in prehistoria. And if you beat those bosses, you get <clears throat> items that you can't get elsewhere that will make the end of the game infinitely easier, evidently, oh, cool. because what you're doing is you're playing through these scenarios throughout history, um, which are like these little independent mini RPGs with their own independent stories. And that unlocks an eighth scenario that you play through. And I believe you play through as the bad guy, um, is my understanding on the eighth scenario. And, And then there's a like prologue where you play a battle against some impending doom and you can choose from amongst the seven heroes and the bad guy Hmm. to fight and depending on who you choose you get a different ending obviously like the bad guy is really badass or whatever Mm -hmm. and if you choose him then you get the bad ending where he like joins up with the last you know the big bad or whatever and depending on the other combinations that you might pick you get different endings as well um so pretty cool right i think so like i said the one i started with the one the one i played the the near future that is just like your standard rpg 
like yeah. overworld map. There's places to go in and like talk to people. You get additional characters to join you. And the battle system, I would say, God, it's a little like Shining Force, kind of more like Lunar. Where I was like, going to say, it's it's akin to Lunar. Mm-hmm. Um, you have more control. You actually can move your guy around Lunar. You kind of you can't you don't have direct control over where they walk around the battlefield. Right, you can just like in Lunar, you choose what enemy to attack, and they kind of walk over towards it. Yeah, they... In this, you can move your character on the screen. It's not like gridded, but mm-hmm. it is like yeah. it doesn't show a physical grid. No, but yeah, you move your character over, and then they have a set of moves that they already have mm-hmm. that you can use that can attack you know, in different directions or, yeah. or an AOE or whatever that you can set up. And then there are certain moves you can only do as counterattacks mm-hmm. that confused me for a while because it'd be like, I have this new move, but it, you, it wouldn't let you use it, but they would use it. Um, if that person attacked you within those squares yeah. that it showed, then you would counterattack some percentage of the time with that move, which is kind of cool. And um, it's like it's it's taking place in real time or like lot li- you know, live, I guess there, there it is. Like it's not turn based. So like, when like active is, time. Yeah, active time. So the enemy can like counter you if you're not quick enough, they'll counter and they'll get two moves in before you've done one. I like how if you get behind a, an enemy, which is sometimes tough to do, especially to the bosses, but like your attacks deal more damage than if you're in front of them. Uh there are some where like there's like one boss, I guess, in in like when you enter a random battle and if you just take that one guy out, everyone dies, especially in the, in that, um, near future one. So that made the battles like super easy, which I don't know if I like or don't like, but I guess it really did kind of help out, but yeah, it's fantastic. A fantastic game. I really, yeah, I really found myself like the battle system was really pretty stellar. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of times on these, older 8-bit type RPGs and stuff, I I get bored real easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, This I found to be a lot of fun. There's no, um, like, MP involved with any of your moves. Yeah. You just have to be positioned correctly for them to work. Which is cool. Yeah. And I think think there was, like, if you used a powerful move, it, it might take longer for your guy to, like, recharge, like a stamina meter. Sure. But... I don't know. Uh, I watched uh, Pro Jared. I watched his review of this, and he kind of he didn't like the battle system. He thought it was too easy. Like he only died once, and it was very repetitive. And like I one hundred percent like disagree with all of that. Like first of all, I died. I've died a lot. Um, yeah, I died a few times. So I don't know what he's talking about. And also, like I found every battle like engaging enough. You know, I had to really think yeah, about what I was of, doing. A lot of them were puzzles in nature too where like um the enemies would have like in the near future say they would have these robots that would protect the um Mm -hmm. leader and you would have to take those robots out before you could get close enough to the leader because like a common thing to get through a lot of the battles that you can do is if you kill the leader it just everyone else runs so you can kill the leader and get that experience um, and if you, you know, are lucky enough to get a battle like that, you can be in and out of the battle within, you know, 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, so they set up these battles where like, they'll have people running defense effectively, mm-hmm. so you can't get to that leader 
unless you kill a certain amount of, you know, these blockers and then maybe you can get your guy close enough to be able to hit them with whatever it might be. Um, and maybe they'll be resistant to like certain enemies are resistant to certain type of abilities that you have. So you'll have to switch things up and so on and so forth. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah, I, I found the battles to be, you know, I, I will say they tend to be a little on the easier side. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly not to the point where it's like baby's first RPG or something exactly. like that. I mean, it was engaging. Um, and, and to think that the, the secret battles, um, cause I was reading about like the prehistoric battle that I didn't do, you know, these, these things where you just have to grind apparently infinite mm-hmm. to be able to beat, uh, those sounded, you know, they, in the, uh, walkthroughs that I was reading and said that they were harder than the last boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the wild west you know that's the second one i played and... well yeah i i do want to mention something real quick okay, about uh near future um i love the storyline you know as far as like on all of these mm-hmm. uh, because um it has that juvenile quality that uh you know that i have talking about we were talking about dropping dunks earlier because he called me while I was in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, there's a scene in in, in uh, the near future where you first go meet up with a professor and um, who's like one of the characters that you talk to to try and build this giant robot to save the day kind of thing. And because you you play this kid that has the ability to read minds, they touch on something that a lot of these stories that um, where you have someone that can read minds that, that, Oh, it's so great to read minds. Yeah. You get to hear all the thoughts that you want to hear, but a lot of people don't think about the thoughts that you don't want to hear. And so you go to meet up with this legendary professor and he's in the bathroom, you know, dropping a mud snake (laughs) and, And you hear his thoughts and you're completely grossed out by it because he's like, okay, well, someone's in the shop, time to wipe. And you're hearing these thoughts and you're like, oh, God, gross. He's like, "Uh uh-oh, seems I slipped, got a little bit on my hand. Oh, well. And then he just comes out to talk to you (laughs) and and your character's like, my God, man, go wash your hands. <laughs> I'm like, how many times does something like that happen in reality? Mm-hmm. But uh, and you don't know. And this poor kid, like, <laughs> he's got to hear every time he goes to Taco Bell and someone hands him his food. It's like, oh, I accidentally, you know, my I saw a booger fall out of my nose yeah. in his taco. Well, what he doesn't know won't hurt him. And you, you know, all this, these type of things, you know. Um, it must be a living nightmare, you know. But yeah, I, I love the humor of the game because there's a lot of like humor like that with fart jokes, poop jokes. I mean, they're they're rampant with that. And that's something that I loved about Lunar, where it doesn't take itself seriously. This game also does that, but much much better. Like Lunar was kind of locked into the '90s in that they, you know, a lot of the references are. Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky and OJ Simpson and all these things of that nature that someone playing those games now, you know, if, if you're a 20 something, you might have the vaguest idea of what they're talking about. It's not going to be at all topical. Um, not going to listen to any laughs. The type of humor that's within live alive is timeless. Uh, it might not be highbrow, uh, 
but timeless. You know, a fart is always going to be funny to me. When I'm 80 years old, I'm still going <laughs> to laugh. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, yeah, that scenario, I, I was really enjoying it. I, I didn't finish it, unfortunately. But, but yeah, um, that was near future. And then we did, we both played the Old West as well. That was the one that I started with. Uh, again, I really, I loved everything about it. Um, why don't you go ahead? Oh, um, it is, the storyline is your typical, like, Western, where, like, there's some bandits coming to your town, and you and, like, the townsfolk gotta prepare for their invasion, or their attack. So, you yeah. spend the bulk of the time, like, running around the town, trying to, like, find different objects and items to build traps. And you have a time limit, so it's like, what is it, like 20 minutes or something like that? Or there's like six bells that go off that I think equal something around there. And yeah. you're just going in every like building, every house, every store, and you're, you know, looking. It took me a while to realize, like, oh, there's like doors like in the foreground that like I don't, I didn't really notice the first time. So I, I went back through and. You're picking up like random. What kind of stuff do you pick up? I don't even remember. Like frying pans and all, all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah you find a frying pan, gas, you, you, gas. Uh, you actually find a pile of it's just labeled horse shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, a rope. You can find a carrot. Yeah. Um, you find a, a painting. It's kind of one of the harder ones to find of a nude girl. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Um, some of some of them are just in treasure chests. Some of them you have to do something else to uh, yeah. kind of unlock. And babe, what are you doing? And then once you get all that stuff, babe, okay. <laughs> yeah. Once, once you no, you're fine. Once like, you get all that stuff, car. you go back to the bar and you assign all the townsfolk. You give it to all the townsfolk and you assign them. Hey, go build this trap. Go build that trap. And they run yeah, and out. Different people are are kind of like labeled to you as being good at this or bad at this, mm -hmm. and you can choose different people. You know, you to do whatever. You can give certain things to certain people. And they'll do very well with it. And certain people, there are certain people that can only use certain items. So you don't want to give other items to that person. Um, like the little boy is the only one that can use the slingshot. Mm -hmm. um, he gives you a slingshot and you can turn around and give it right back to him to set as a trap. Um, the lady, the I guess lady of the night, She's the only one that can use the frying pan. Um, others can leave a carrot out to uh, distract a horse. As the banditos are coming in, the horse will like stop to eat the carrots. Dig a pit, which you can then fill with shit. Mm -hmm. um, which it doesn't matter if you fill it with shit or not. Um, whether or not you fill it with shit uh, does not affect how many banditos you kill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's funnier. Um, it made me laugh out loud when you set up the nude painting because the guy's like driving, riding his horse by and he sees the nude painting, falls off his horse, and he's like <laughs> crawling 
And he's like, why is this here? Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. (laughs) And he dies. (laughs) It doesn't, you know, it does make no sense. But yeah, this is designed so that um, you can, I think there's like 15 banditos or something. So if the more traps, successful traps you set up, it takes out that enemy and you don't have to fight them in the final encounter. Mm-hmm. You can actually set up zero traps and still manage to fight your way through all of them. That'd be tough. So it's not, yeah. it's not like a mandatory thing, um, but it's fun to do. It's fun to set up these traps and stuff. And there's also like a side scenario where, you know, the, the scenario begins with uh, this guy named like Mad Dog or something like mm-hmm. that. He's a bounty hunter. He's coming after you. You play basically Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you outgun him, and but you leave him alive. And then uh, you know when you get to town, he catches up with you. But because it's going to be attacked by this gang, there's a temporary alliance between you and him, and. Um, you can actually, there's a way you can end the scenario where you don't kill him or you can kill him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that affects the later in the game whatsoever. I killed him. Um, so, you know, I don't know if, it, I don't think <laughs> it affects happens. later in the game, but yeah, he, he's dead. Yeah. Um, so this one you only have, it's like one battle. The inti- Well, I guess you have the... Do you have con- you do have control when you fight that guy individually? So, it's, but it's yeah, basically you have one major battle, one battle with him, and then a, one major battle at the end. Yeah. But as I said, you're already all your characters are already leveled up to a point. There are in most of the scenarios, there's areas in which you can grind. Yeah. Um, and that is solely to be able to be a better character at the end of the game. Um, when you're choosing your characters to fight the last boss or whatever, um, if you, if you didn't really level up on, in those instances, then uh, you might have more trouble. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's you know uh, not not much battle there. That whole scenario, I think I did it in an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Yeah, that was quick. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. There is in this version, in the very least, everything is spoken dialogue. Mm-hmm. So you get to hear it, and uh, the voice acting on it is very good. All the music is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Western-themed music in, in this scenario I thought was great. It uh, was very reminiscent of uh, an old Clint Eastwood movie or something like that. Uh, there's a mariachi band that uh, will play in the bar, mm-hmm. and you can send each individual one out to do traps. And I thought it was pretty funny that if you send all three of them to do traps, the music stops in the bar. Only mm-hmm. makes sense. <laughs> um, pretty cool. And yeah, depending on who you send and what you send them to do, it'll take them a longer period of time to do said action. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are very, very good, and some people not so much. So. Yeah. There's some of them you can send like three times if you want. And there's some others like Slowpoke Rodriguez or whatever. They're like, don't even bother sending him because he will take the entirety of his time just to set up a carrot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, the Western scenario. What are the other ones that you did? Because the uh, only other one that I finished was uh, Ancient China. I did Present Day 
and Twilight of Edo, Japan. And present day, it's it, that's probably one of the faster ones, if not the fastest, if you know what you're doing. But it's just, um, it's like Street Fighter 2. So you're one dude, and you got uh, six six challengers you got to fight. And it's, it's basically six battles, and when you f- defeat those six, you know, another guy appears, and you got to fight him. And I died. This is where I died probably the most because I was trying to figure out... I couldn't figure it out at first. And then I realized it's there's a little bit of a Mega Man component where you take down this guy, you learn a move from him, now you can take down that guy. Learn a move from that person, oh, okay. then you take down this one. So... Um, I didn't look anything up. I managed to stumble my way in and like finally defeat one of them. And I was like, oh, I started to get it. You know, oh, I have this leg sweep. I bet this leg sweep would work really well on this person who has like long legs. You know, I, that, I mean, that wasn't exactly my thinking, but I went through it. And once I figured out that, I, it, it went quick. Like, you know, you fight a battle, gotcha. it takes two, three minutes, and then you're gone to the next one. So that one was really interesting. That was fun. And then, like I said, totally different than the other two I'd played so far. You know, I went from a, you know, standard RPG to a linear fetch quest that leads into an RPG. And now here I am in kind of a fighting game with the same battle mechanic, though. That's where I learned about how getting behind enemies, like that's where it really pays off. I can get behind this person and do my attack. It deals much more damage than, you know, the full frontal attack. Right on. Mm-hmm. And then the the feudal Japan that was wasn't that all stealth? That's yeah, and that you know you have getting chased by things is your big pet peeve. Mine is stealth levels where I just hate having to sneak around. You can battle some people, uh, but there's oh, you you learn right away which ones you can fight and which ones will just destroy you. So if you're not stealthy enough, again, I died here a few times just because I wasn't, I was really impatient. You know, I could have done it. I could have got through. It was, it, it's not that hard. It just was more of like, God, can I, can I get by now? Can I, I'm going to try. And I'd go and they'd see me and that'd be it. So that is my yeah. pet peeve. But that was a good one. It was, it ended up being really good. And the story gets really, really good in the end. Uh, apparently that is one of the levels where there is a secret battle that you can do to unlock like the Massaman or something. I did save it in the middle of it, so I, I probably will go back and figure out where to check that out. Figure that figure that one out. But tell me about Imperial China. Yeah, that that was one of my more like favorite ones. It it plays on like the whole tearjerker type of thing. You play as uh, Sifu, which I believe is like a word for master. Mm-hmm. You know, who lives in the the mountaintops, uh, overlooking this small city. And he's like basically a legendary protector of this city, but he hasn't been to the town in some time. And he's practicing on top of the mountains and he goes to use his special technique to uh, split a boulder in half and fails. Mm. And he comes to the realization that he is very old now and his skills are waning and he needs to train a student before he passes on. So he travels down into the city and through a series of events, you meet up with three potential students. Um, One is this fat guy that is a thief that keeps stealing from various vendors and the people ask you to help stop him. 
<clears throat> and he's uh, very, very fast, despite being fat. And he's like real tanky. And each character has a, um, a set of moves that they start with. And that um, they will also, as they train with the Sifu, learn all the Sifu's moves. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there's that one. There's a girl bandit that tries to rob you in the forest. Okay. And after you beat her, uh, you say, hey, you know, will you join me as a student? And she kind of reluctantly agrees um, to better herself. And she comes with, she's very fast and comes with a whole set of moves of her own. Um, And then the third one is this guy who I believe, if I remember right, it's been a while since I played, but just lost his family and is on his own and he wants to train to become stronger but he's he's very weak um initially he is the weakest of the three characters and doesn't have too many of his own moves i think he only has like one of his own moves as opposed to several and his initial stats are the worst Hmm. um anyway once you obtain these three students uh you begin training on top of the mountain and your initial thought will be to train, um, to spread your training out amongst all three of them because you'll say, okay, uh, I have three training sh- sessions within me today. <clears throat> and I think you do this over a course of three days, which might equate to, you know, in game time, months or weeks or whatever. But, um, so nine times you can train your students. You're going to think, oh, I'll train this guy three times, this guy three times, this guy three times. Because each time you do it, their stats will increase a certain amount of times. It'll say we can train in power today. And then on the second day, you'll train in speed. Well, you increase those stats and learn new moves as you're training. Uh, what you really want to do is dump it all into one guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't really matter which guy you dump it into. Like if you dump it into the fat guy, you'll end up with like a really tanky guy. He's got some pretty cool like AOE attacks and stuff. The chick has some really good like uh, distance attacks, if I remember right. But the one you really want to do, the one I really wanted to do, was uh, the loser, because <laughs> mm-hmm. like he's your atypical like in your a hero's journey. He starts out as a complete, you know. Luke Skywalker and he turns into a Jedi kind of thing because mm-hmm. at first his stats are really low but as you're training he'll gain by far the biggest jumps and yeah he basically relies entirely on only having the Sifu's moves when you train him but his stats are so much better than the other two it's just like to me it was a no brainer he was the guy I wanted to go with also he made the most sense to me uh, story-wise, because the one guy wanted to train with the masters so that he could afford to buy food, and the girl wanted to train so that she could become a better thief, um, neither of which seemed like particularly great traits, you know, story-wise for, like, a young master, whereas the other kid wanted to become stronger so that he could protect the village, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, train him up. Uh, he gets insanely good. And then it ends with um, there's a uh, gang that is, you know, trying to infiltrate the town. They're mad at the Sifu because he's been putting a stop to that. And they burn down your dojo and trapped within are your students. 
two of them will die. Um, the one that lives is the one that you trained the most. So that's why I say just dump it all into one guy because the other two are going to die anyway. Okay. Um, so you, you train the one guy up, he'll live, and then you and him will go to the gang's hideout and fight the entirety of their clan in like a one-on-one kind of tournament that's pretty cool um each one and then the final battle is you know the sifu will fight the main guy as your student is fighting like his best assassin simultaneously so two different battles and you play as the student and the sifu is fighting the main guy he wins but of course you you know he he's old he ends up dying in the battle himself and uh the kid trains on to protect the village in the very last scene in that scenario is the kid on top of the mountaintop using the special technique that sifu teaches him to uh destroy the boulder um yeah he shows you the move right before you go into the final battle and you can use that move against the uh, last battle there it's like a really cool like super attack you know think bum rush and final fantasy 6 or whatever um pretty cool scenario it is a little bit of a tearjerker i mean i really like the stifu character the, the voice actor did a good job and so on and so mm-hmm. forth so I, that was probably of the scenarios i played that was probably my favorite one um there's also a prehistoric era and oh what medieval times and distant future yeah, that's right. And neither of us played those. Uh, my understanding is all those play similarly to um, the others in that, you know, they don't have as much as a, a gimmick. It's just a standard, like, short RPG. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, after you play those seven scenarios, uh, you go into an eighth where I believe you play as the protagonist or whatever, uh, maybe not the main protagonist. Mm-hmm. You choose. But, um, and and then you play through his scenario and then you get to choose your final characters throughout history to be able to try and save the world from the impending mm-hmm. and yeah depending on who you pick you get a different ending unfortunately i didn't uh you know get that far nor did james but it is something that you know i i, I see myself legitimately playing this you know we say it a lot but like this game never was not fun to me. It's just, you know, life sometimes gets in the way and you put things down. Uh, great, great game. Recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it for relatively cheap. I think it's like 40 bucks, which is cheap for a Switch game. Yeah. Um, really, really super worth it to me. I think it may even be on, uh, like, Steam. Um, I, know, I know you can get it for PC as well. I don't know if you'll get this version, but... Uh, this is like a remastered version. It was just beautiful. Good-looking game in the 8-bit style, but all very modern. As I said, you know, there's humor abounds. They they don't pull cuss words, which is something that always makes me laugh about a lot of these RPGs is, you know, they don't use language per normal, which kind of uh, takes away my suspension of disbelief. Like, 
think if Star Wars had people saying fucking shit, you know, all the time, because you definitely would. You'd be like, oh, fuck, look, that's a goddamn Death Star. What the mm-hmm. fuck? You know? <laughs> you know, that's how you would react. You wouldn't be like, oh, that's the size of a small moon. That's no moon, you know. Mm-hmm. That's not the dialogue that would be occurring. They'd be like, what the fuck is that? You yeah. know? Uh, so. I enjoy that when a game acknowledges that that's how people actually talk and they don't pull their punches. It's kind of interesting to see that kind of mode of speech on a uh, Nintendo console. So it was neat to see, you know, the word shit and so on and so forth on a Nintendo console. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, But yeah, overall, man, 100% recommend this game to anybody that likes RPGs, especially older ones, um, because this will feel like something you did play as a kid mm-hmm. um, in every regard and it's something I wish I had played as a kid it would have been one of my absolute favorite RPGs back then um, so yeah I, I don't know what else to say you know I, it's not a 10 out of 10 but it's a solid 8.5 out of 10 for me you know what I mean I give it the same thing like I said I'd love um, I'm going to finish it we're going to revisit it and we'll talk about the ending and how we felt at the end but uh, I did have a lot of complaints online about the prehistoric era. Apparently, that one is really bad, um, all, both story-wise and because of the just intense amount of grinding you have to do to fight um, the hidden battles within that. Um, which you know, I don't know that it's completely necessary to do so, but if you are a completionist, uh, have that knowledge beforehand because apparently. Uh, that takes up a large portion of your time. Cause yeah, there are points in this game where you can grind in the various scenarios. Um, and doing so seems tedious and unnecessary. And apparently in prehistory, it's, uh, necessary if you want to do those things. So. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And are looking forward to you seeing the game on Friday. Cause I think you're pleasantly surprised. Okay. You're not going to tell me. I'm not going to tell uh, you. It's going to arrive. All right, start so, playing. Get Caroline and you two start playing it immediately. <laughs> we, we may do that. Yeah. Um, if I can wrangle her up. But yeah. Uh, so mystery game. You you wanted to do that for the next podcast. It's, That's right. We're doing it. All right. So mystery game for the next podcast. It's apparently a two player simultaneous. No, it's not game. two player, but it's you're gonna you're gonna need each other. It'll be fun to play together. All right. We're apparently going to be playing uh, You Don't Know Jack mm-hmm. for the PlayStation 1. There you go. Um, <laughs> which, it's you know, that would, be, that would be cool. I, I, don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's some strange, obscure porn game for the 3DO or something. God, wouldn't that be um, nice? <laughs> yeah. But there were a bunch of them, believe it or not. It was mm-hmm. kind of one of the selling points. Um, <laughs> it was. Oh, very strange, but yeah. All right. Um, I don't know how long we've been talking. I feel like we got an episode about an hour, day. so we're cool. We're cool. A lot of All poop right. jokes, so we're cool. Yeah, a lot of a lot of poop jokes. Um, I really did wash my hands, listeners. If you didn't hear the water running, <laughs> don't I think I probably lost a lot of listeners in the beginning there. So, oh yeah, just, oh, Blaine's just talking, just smelling That's his own hand. He's, yeah, I don't even use toilet paper at this point. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> gross. Okay, stop. Little water, wash your hands. You know, a little soap. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, uh, you know, listen to our friends over the RPG show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably don't shout those guys out enough. They're doing uh, great work. Um, if you weren't aware, I always forget to mention it. Uh, you know, Kujo and I are still doing video games to movie. Uh, the next one we're doing is supposed to be uh, whatever that stupid skies of something. The legend of heroes cold steel or whatever has an anime hmm, that's um, the same thing you're talking about anime yes yeah, uh, i forget what it's called but it's based off of the the cold steel series yeah. or whatever um i don't know man i i don't know anything about the series except that kujo's got a raging heart on for it and so yeah the last one we did was, you know what, I don't even remember. I remember doing Assassin's Creed not too long ago. But we do a lot of stinkers, man. Assassin's Creed was just fucking terrible. I hated that. Oh, we did Cyberpunk. That's, that was the last one we did. And uh, that is an excellent anime. I don't care if you played the game or not. If you just like adult-themed anime... That's on Netflix. I I really like it. It's you know probably my second favorite anime I've ever watched hmm. behind Cowboy Bebop. Um, just really stellar. I, I loved it. Um, I'll take a look. So yeah, James and anyone listening, if if you want to, you know, watch an anime that's great, and then go listen to video games, the movie where Kuju and I talk about it. That'd be great. And, uh, you know, all the other stuff, you can find us on Facebook. Almost no one ever does. And that's fine. I get it. We're, you know, modern world. But um, we're also on Twitter. Uh, I'm at RetroCalKTO. James Mahon. I think. Um, I haven't checked my Twitter. And uh, yeah, I know, right? I check it like once a year. I, I only use Twitter at this point to send the episodes to Derek and Don. <laughs> I use Twitter because there's like one news local newspaper and the guy like posts stuff there and I, I see what what's coming up. That's that is it. That is yeah, it. I'm on for sports. I'm on Instagram uh, at Blaine J I think or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you you can find all this through our Facebook page and uh, you know check us out on Discord. Like that's where we do ninety nine percent of the talking to fans. Um, you can get on that Discord channel by going over to the RPG show, RPGshow.com, and there's a link there. If you can't find that, just send us a message through Facebook or whatever. We'll get you on there. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's about it, man. I, I can't think of anything else to say. Nope. So what can they do? I guess keep it retro. Hey, see, we reversed it that time. <laughs> yeah. Have a good one, everyone. See you next time. All right. Good show. Yeah, good enough. I, I was worried because I felt like I hadn't played it in a while, but it all came back. So. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to finish it. I, I've Yeah, we'll get it done. I, I, the Switch is great because, like, when my kids want to watch whatever they want to watch, like, I can just pull that thing out and, like, start playing some more. Well, so. What I really love about Live a Live in particular and the being on the Switch is you can start and finish an RPG in two or three hours mm-hmm. and put it down and come back to it and play another scenario. And it's not like putting down your standard RPG yeah. where when you put it down and you pick it back up, 
it's like that scene from Lord of the Rings where you're like, I have no knowledge of yeah. this. You know? <laughs> I, I, meant, I forgot to mention the map also on all the scenarios like will help guide you to where you're kind of supposed to go or where you could go. Yeah. And that and does can, help too. When it's like, where am I? Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Hit you can map. also leave a scenario while you're in it and start another scenario. Oh, you can. I was going to ask you that. I, yeah. I, I, I hadn't had the, the, desire or need to do it but i was wondering like do i can i can yeah you can leave mid scenario and go start another oh, one man. That's so, interesting. Maybe, uh, well. so if you get bored with one or feel like you know what i just this one isn't vibing with me yeah. or whatever jump into another one you know so or you can later. replay ones that you already played um, yeah to do things differently like if you want to choose a different student in china or whatever you know you want to see that animation of a pit filled with shit <laughs> um, yeah i did want to replay that one actually just because yeah there's a couple i missed on that I missed like I, I didn't get the frying pan i don't know how i missed it but i did i got that one i saw that she throws it <laughs> so all right, man. I better get rolling, rolling, rolling. Have a happy Thanksgiving if I don't talk you to you. You as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, take it easy, buddy. You too, man. Always good talking to you. Absolutely. See ya. Later, buddy. Bye. Don't talk you to as you. well. Yeah. And, uh,